What does the name of Jesus mean to you? Today I'll be discussing this name and I will also share with us how the more that we know about the name, it actually forms our expectations about God, as well as how we actually live our daily life in this world. So stay tuned with me for more at Common Bond Church. Certain names of individuals begin to form our thoughts and our beliefs about that person. Take, for example, the name of Grace. Now, whenever I think about the name Grace, I think of generosity and kindness, because typically that's what the word means. And so whenever I see an individual, I'm expecting that person to be both generous and kind. You know, also, when I think about the name Adonis, I'm thinking of somebody who is mighty and somebody who is strong, because that's what those words also convey. So I'm expecting that person to have that same kind of persona that the name actually really means. Well, today, what I want to share with us about the name of Jesus is that it's supposed to personify and convey to us some vital components of who God is and what he's actually supposed to be in our life. You know, God wants us to understand his character. He wants us to understand who he is, and he wants us to see the name of Jesus every single day of our life with a sense of hope with a sense of power that God is actually going to do something big and do something amazing in our life. You know, A.W. Tozer had this great quote that I want to share with you, is that what comes to our mind about God is the very most thing that we actually believe about ourselves. And the second statement is that the most determining factor of any man or woman is not what that person may say or do, but instead what that person actually believes about God in the deep well of their heart. So taking both of those statements together, it is vitally important what we understand about God because it begins to form what we understand about ourselves. And I would take it so far to say is that what we understand about God is how we actually live our life on a daily basis because of what we actually truly believe about God. So now when we begin to turn to the scriptures, we're going to start with Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, because in this narrative is where we first find the name of Jesus. And it begins to share with us how that name was given to the baby that was born in the manger. And we'll begin to now use that as a launching pad to have a discussion about this name. But we see in verses 20 through 21 that the name of Jesus himself was not given by either Mary or Joseph. Instead, the name was actually told by an angel to Joseph that this was the divine name that they should actually call the baby. And so in verse 25, we see that Joseph was obedient to the words that were given to him by the angel, and he immediately named the baby as Jesus. Uh, the first thing that we've got to do with understanding the name of Jesus itself is understanding that it was a, a Latin word. And the Latin word was not actually the original word that was actually given to the baby. It was simply a translated word from the Greek of Jesus. Uh, the original Hebrew word for Jesus is actually Yeshua. And Yeshua is both a combination of the original name of God and also the name that actually means to save. You know, so what I'm saying to you and I is that the name Yeshua means Yahweh saves. And that is what Jesus actually truly means. It means that the Lord will save. And we read that really when we actually look at verse 21, when we actually see that the angel was declaring to Joseph that she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people of their sins. So to make this even more explicit, if we were actually to do what the Bible actually has done in our sense 
which was to translate it from its language so that it can be read naturally, which is what happened with the Latin word Jesus. You know, we wouldn't actually call his name Jesus. Instead, we would probably call his name Savior. We would call him salvation. We would call him a word that actually was significant to how we use language today. We could even imagine that we are Joseph and Mary, who actually received a dream by an angel and actually said that you shall call this baby salvation. You shall call this baby deliverer. You shall call this baby savior. You know, not Jesus, but actually using those meanings because that's actually what God was actually trying to convey to the whole world that a baby was going to be born and his name was called salvation. His name was called deliverer. His name was called savior. The reality of God as a saving God is not just a New Testament reality. Instead, if you go back to the Old Testament, you always see God as a deliverer for the children of Israel. You know, he's a deliverer of disease. He's a deliverer of trouble. He's a deliverer of their enemies. You know, he was always helping them to see that whenever you equated the name God, that you would equate that for a saving God. You know, take, for example, a scripture that I want to show you in the Minor Prophets. It's found in Hosea chapter 13, verse 4. And I want to read these words to you. God says through that prophet, but I am the Lord your God. From the land of Egypt, you know no other God but me, and besides me, there is no Savior. And so God was trying to convey to them, over time, I want you to see this picture of who I am. I am a God who is the God of your life, but I am also a saving God, and there is no other Savior than me. What God was really saying to them, and he's saying to you and I in this season of time, is that whatever situation that they were in, God was going to deliver them from. And whatever situation that we're in, God's going to deliver us from. You know, so I think about the issues that we actually live in our life today. You know, the issues such as depression, the issues such as addiction, the issues that actually bind us in this world. God says that there are many sources that you can actually run to for actually help, but I am a God whose name, whose name is deliverer whose name is Savior, whose name is Salvation. So I am truly the only one that actually can get you out of that situation that you actually find yourself to be today. And I believe that that is what we are missing in this season when we actually are looking at the name of Jesus. We think that maybe it's his first name and his last name is Christ. But God is saying, no, what I want you to understand and what I want you to see is that I am the deliverer. I am the savior of your life. And so when God is actually bringing that picture, he's trying to get us excited. Now, one of the things that I think that we can get caught up and that we can get hung up about God is that not seeing God answer our prayer sometimes can actually make us feel as if God is truly not the deliverer and not the savior of our life that we need. But I want to remind us of one of the greatest delivery passages that God has ever given the world to see. And it's the story and it's the narrative of the children of Israel being actually delivered by the bondage of the Egyptians through the Red Sea. And when you actually think about that passage, that was like the Christians, John 3, 16. You know, for us to understand that God had sent the Savior into the world to deliver us from sin. In the Old Testament, the equivalent was always the remembrance of what God actually did with the children of Israel by delivering them through the Red Sea. You know, they wrote songs about it. They sang songs about it. They have narratives in the songs that actually tell us about this goodness of what God was always doing. They were always remembering this aspect of God's goodness in their life, this deliverance, this salvation of what God actually provided for them. And today, 
as you and I remember this salvation that God has actually brought to the children of Israel from the land of Egypt, a place of bondage into a place of freedom. What I want to remind you of today is that it took 400 years for God actually to deliver them. You know, think about that. 400 years. God told them that they were going to be in bondage. And then he actually told them that he's going to deliver them. But it actually took 400 years. And so you and I could think about and then maybe in the first year, the second year, you know, the first 100 years that they could actually be believing that God was going to come to their rescue, come to their deliverance. But he didn't. And they actually can give them a false sense of reality that God wasn't the deliverer that he actually said that he was. You know, it really took them 400 years to actually see that the reality of their promise, the reality of their prayers were actually going to be made manifest. You know, today I'm also thinking about the, the woman who had an issue of blood. You know, maybe you've heard that story before, but there was a woman who had this issue of blood, this disease in her body for 18 full years. And I can imagine that in year one, she was a person of prayer, a person of faith, believing that God was actually going to deliver her. But it wasn't until the 18th year where she had an encounter with Jesus Christ, where she actually received the healing that she was actually believing for in her body. All that to say is I want to remind you that God's healing, God's deliverance, God's saving grace does not happen on our time, but it actually happens on God's time. That there are times where our faith is not based on the reality of the name of Jesus, because that name is supposed to mean and supposed to tell us that God is a savior, that God is a deliverer and that God is salvation for our life. And just because we have prayed once and we did not receive the immediate deliverance that we are expecting does not mean that God is still not a deliverer. You know, sometimes our faith can be discouraged to believe that God is not a yes and amen God. You know, maybe we have this kind of theology built in our mind that God says maybe yes, no, and maybe sometimes. But I think that we only do that is because we're living in an experiential reality, but we're not living in the true reality of who Jesus is as the deliverer and as the savior from an eternal perspective. Because God can show us and remind us in the scriptures that sometimes it might take me 400 years to actually make that fulfillment happen where sometimes it may be 18 years in an individual's life until they receive that. What God is trying to help us to see and to understand today is to live a life of faithfulness, no matter the circumstance and the situation in your life. You know, take this illustration for an example. You know, when you and I are about to go on a vacation and, you know, we haven't been on one in quite some time, but uh, because of this COVID uh, reality. But the last time that we were on vacation, I remember us buying a ticket. And once we actually bought that ticket, we began to get excited because we knew that it had a, a destination set in mind for us that we were about to enjoy. You know, we started to prepare for it. We started to pack our bags. Uh, we started to tell other people about what we were about to do because we were excited. We weren't at the destination yet, but we were certainly excited about it. We are to understand that Jesus Christ first came in the flesh, in the form of a baby, so that we can have our ticket. You know, we can have our ticket to the salvific hope of what God desires. And that ticket is supposed to mean that God is salvation and God is deliverance in our life. But sometimes in this season, we don't experience everything because the fulfillment of who Christ is has not yet come. So sometimes we're just getting a taste of things. And in that time, God wants us to remain faithful. He wants us to wake up every single day with that ticket in our mind, understanding that eventually we will see the prize of what God has for us. So every day, here's what I believe. 
believe that God wants us to do. He wants us to wake up with expectation, with excitement, with hope, as if we are going to the place that we are going to receive, as if that promise is going to show up today. You know, if we have depression, if we have an addiction, you know, God wants us to wake up and say, today is that day where God is going to deliver me. And if it doesn't happen that day, God says, don't get discouraged. Just wake up tomorrow and actually believe in expectation every single day. Every single day, our life is supposed to be an expectation in God as the deliverer, as the savior, as salvation in our life. And so whatever we need, every single day, we wake up with expectation that God is going to do it on that day. As I begin to close, I want to share with you what happened over 2,000 years ago. You know, at a time when the people of God were not hearing the voice of God, two people actually did hear the voice of God. You know, for 400 years, God was silent, but he appeared to both Mary and Joseph and told them both at the same time that what was inside of Mary was conceived of the Holy Spirit and they would have a child and they would call his name Jesus. You know, today that was a remarkable reality to understand for 400 years when the people of God were waiting for a deliverer, were waiting for God to actually show up. God eventually showed up on his own time and in his own reality. You know, that's the theme of what I want to share with us today. God wants us to have a kind of faith that is faithful every single day, even when we are not seeing what we believe that is going to happen through God on a daily basis. It's still going to happen. We've just got to be faithful to trust God no matter how long we wait. And maybe today we have given up some of the things that God has wanted us to believe in. And today I want you to pick those back up and so that you can know that God is still going to do what he said that he's going to do. And if you are actually going through a battle today, you know, maybe it's depression, maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's something that seems hard in your life. I want you to believe that God is a deliverer and that God is going to be that savior and that deliverer in your life. Just trust him. You know, you might have to press in and be faithful to God until he actually brings that deliverance in your life. But he is no respecter of persons and he is always yes and amen. Just press in until God begins to move into your life. Get into your prayer closet. Get into a place where you actually commune with God daily. Get into a place where you actually read his scriptures. Get to a place where you actually worship God to actually stay encouraged and make sure that you're around a body of believers that actually helps you and loves you and actually keeps you on track until you receive the promises of God. You know, those things actually work for all of us because there are times where we don't feel as encouraged as we should in God. But God wants us to know that he's always yes, that he's always amen because his name is deliverer. His name is salvation. His name is Jesus. Let us all actually rejoice in that name and actually use that as a place of encouragement every single day. Well, it's always my pleasure to actually share with you, and I can't wait to actually share a new message and connect with you again. Until that time, may the grace of God be with you. May the mercy of God be with you. We have one true Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ. Let us all go in peace. Amen. Amen.